chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Amen. God's favor is upon you, my dear brothers and sisters, upon us. A blessed Christmas to you. Now, this is a painting by Daniel Bonnell. Daniel Bonnell is an award-winning biblical artist. Here, Bonnell captures the majestic heavenly host. Look at that. Described by Luke. Innumerable, majestic in glory. It was an extraordinary night. Here, an extraordinary event that is proclaimed by angels. An event that changed the world. The proclamation of the birth of Jesus Christ. And this proclamation continues to echo in might and power for 2,000 years. An extraordinary supernatural event that took place because the promised Messiah, the promised Savior was born and made his dwelling amongst men. The angel's pronouncement points to God's promise and hope for the human race. Jesus' first advent, his first coming, was not in silence, not quietly. It was a spectacular, majestic entrance, announced by angels and verified and proclaimed by a great company of heavenly hosts. And rightly so, because Jesus Christ's first advent is the point where the divine and the earthly meet together. It is the meeting place of two realms in human history. The message, the good news it brings connects the divine and the earthly, peace on earth and goodwill to men. And this message ushers hope unto us. The hope that is based on the promise of the living God, the promise of a savior, the son of God. And this is the message I would like to share with you this Christmas. Hope. Yes, we need hope. We need to see hope. We need to hear hope. We need to feel hope. The pandemic can be deceiving and overwhelming. Deceiving because it commands center stage, just like any deceiver. It attracts our attention and it distracts and deceives us from what should be the center stage of our lives, Christ Jesus himself. It is overwhelming because news and views and all the things that we are hearing and seeing and reading are related 
to the pandemic. Aspects of our lives from the medical side, socially, economically, nationally, globally. All that we hear is about the pandemic. I would like to invite you to refocus your gaze to the greatest gift that God has given us, Jesus Christ. This Christmas, the center stage of our lives should be anchored in God's greatest gift, Jesus. And let the hope that God promised in Jesus, the newborn King, be ours. Amen. Come, let us pray. Our loving God and Father, Christmas is a time for us and our children. And with our children's children, we celebrate our hope in you, our loving God and Father. The birth of Jesus Christ, your Son, is written in the stars that guide the Magi to be eyewitnesses. It is prophesied of old by your prophets. The birth of Jesus Christ is not an addendum, not an add-on. It is the fulfillment of your promise that you will send a Redeemer, a Saviour, and He is Jesus Christ, your Son, the seed of a woman born of the Holy Spirit. Christmas is hope because you love us, O oh God. And Abba Father, because you love us, you are with us and you are for us. Emmanuel, God with us. And therefore, we celebrate this hope we have in Christ, that we may pass the hope in Christ to our children and our children's children and to all who are around us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. The first eyewitness, the shepherds. The group of shepherds represents for us, the group of us who weren't particularly looking for God. But because God loves us, he looks for us. The shepherds were minding their own business. It was just another night for them in the back country, in the rugged hills. There they gathered around the fire to keep warm. And suddenly, this extraordinary supernatural thing happened. The angel appeared and proclaimed to them and pointed them unto the newborn king, the son of God. And immediately, a heavenly host appeared and verified and validated that proclamation and point them to go and see Christ for themselves. I think for many of us, we can identify with the shepherds. We weren't particularly looking for God. We go about our business in the routine, in the normal mode that we are in. But God surprised us, didn't he? 
He surprised us as he surprised the shepherds. He came looking for us. We have the extraordinary, the amazing grace of knowing God because he came looking for us. How many of you can resonate with that? That you weren't particularly looking for God, but he came looking for you. And he sent his angels to come and lead you to Christ. Many of us are nodding our heads, aren't we? We can identify with this because God loves us. He loves us. The amazing love of God who seeks us out, who brings us unto himself. The second group of eyewitnesses, the Magi. Now, unlike the shepherds, the Magi were determined seekers. They studied, they gazed into the heavenlies, and they dedicated themselves to these tasks. Some of us can identify with the Magi. We have always been spiritual. We know that there is God, that the complexity, the beauty of creation around us testify to us that all this cannot be a meaningless chaos. We look for meaning for life and even death. We look for meaning for our existence. Now, how many of you can identify with the Magi? You were seeking, seeking for meaning, for truth, for the divine. Now, for those who faithfully seek him, God reveals himself to them. When the Magi saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. The Holy Scripture recorded this for us. Then they opened their treasures and presented to Christ the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country in another route. Now, there are more lessons that we can learn from the Magi besides a seeking heart and also the blessing that God apportioned for those who seek him. Here are some extra lessons that we can take note from the Magi. Firstly, faith. The journey of faith, recognizing God's revelation. They stepped forth in faith. It was a long journey. They persevered the distance, they traveled far, the hardship, of reaching, of looking for the baby Jesus. They went seeking him out amongst the people, asking for direction, asking un until the presence of Herod, they ask. Trust. They showed trust in the one who revealed himself to them. Thus, they were not easily deceived by Herod, as they had an audience with Herod, Herod invited them to come with the news of the 
newborn king when they found him so that he too can go and pay homage. But they were obedient, obedient to the one who warned them not to go back to Herod. They have given up the prescribed route because in the warning, they were asked to go back via another route. And this takes faith and obedience. You know how it's like. Waze and Google Map will always show you the shortest route, right? But now, on returning, they can't use the shortest route. They probably have to take a more dangerous and a longer route to go back. And one last one, the fourth lesson you can learn from them is this. Unity. The Magi was a group of people, but they did not argue and fight, but united in heart and spirit, in faith, in trust, in obedience. They came, they saw, they worshipped, they returned to their homeland. These four qualities of faith, trust, obedience, and unity, I believe many of us can identify with that. Now, the third group bears witness are the angel and the heavenly host. The supernatural stand as witnesses. And rightly so, because here is the meeting point of the divine and the earthly, an extraordinary event. The divine entered in time and space into the earthly. The word made flesh and dwelt amongst us. John 1 verse 14. It is the fulfillment of God's promise. In Genesis chapter 3, God promised that the Savior would be born of the seed of a woman. That after the fall of man, it is not hopeless. It is not hopeless. There is hope for God will send a savior. And that leads us to the meaning of hope. Biblical meaning of hope. Biblical hope is based on the one who made the promise, the almighty God himself. Therefore, the Hebrew word for hope is kava which means to wait for God. The Jews wait on the one who promised. There is a relationship between them and Yahweh, a firm relationship of hope and trust. For example, in Isaiah, the prophet says this, they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, if you read that in Hebrew, they who kavah Yahweh shall renew their strength. Trust of a people who know Yahweh, who hope in him. The word hope appears more than 40 times in the book of Psalms. Here, I want to take an example from Psalm 130. The psalmist say, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. I cover Yahweh. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, I cover the Lord. 
Modern watchmen wait for the morning. Modern watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Biblical hope is based on the one who makes the promise, the Almighty God himself. There is a firm relationship between hope and trust. I will visit this again about the relationship between hope and trust in Simeon and Anna later. And as the psalmist exhorts his brothers and sisters and the community in Israel, let us put our hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. With him is full redemption. Yes, God alone is our hope. You see, biblical hope is not about being optimistic. No, being optimistic is about training our eyes to see beyond the circumstances, to see possibilities and opportunities. Now, that's not hope that the Bible teaches us. Hope in the Bible is based on God. Now, Jeremiah, the prophet, famously known as the lamenting prophet. But this lamenting prophet keeps his eye on Yahweh, his God. Here in Jeremiah chapter 29, the word of Jeremiah, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah understood that, even though throughout the whole book that Jeremiah wrote, so much is the lamenting, the cry of a prophet to see the many failings around him. Again, the prophet Isaiah, who served under four kings, and all the four kings failed miserably. And yet in Isaiah, just as in Jeremiah, these prophets, their eyes are on Yahweh, and hence they proclaim hope, biblical hope. Now the pandemic, the hardship, the challenges, the crisis, the disasters, all this, they come, they go. But God, his love, his care for us, unchanging, steadfast, in all circumstances, in all seasons of our lives, God is unchanging. So we praise God that we can cover, we can wait on him, that we can wait in hope in him. And without hope, my brothers and sisters, we will spiral into despair, into hopelessness, and probably shutting down and phasing out. But we are so blessed that in this very prolonged pandemic, in the challenges and hardship that we have, God is our constant hope and strength. Amen. Another biblical figure that continue to exhort us and teach us about hope will be Job. 
Job has many lessons for us about hope. We are familiar with Job's story, the calamities that befell him one after another. Nevertheless, Job hopes in the Lord, in the Lord in whom he trusts. It is based on the character of God, the God whom he knows. Listen to what Job says in Job chapter 13, verses 15 and 16. With conviction and unswerving trust, this is what Job declares. Though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance. For no godless person would dare come before him. Yes, because God is holy and God is righteous. He trusts God. And he said, though he slay me and yet I will trust yet I will hope in him. Amen? Hope is being human. Yes, to hope is to be human. We want a better life for our children and our children's children. We want to build a better society. Now, Dr. Valerie Mahomes, she published her findings in the American Psychology Association, a research that she did on children who lived in poverty, underprivileged children. Her research of children who grew up in poverty is this, that she found that these children who succeeded in life later had one thing in common. Yes, you guess it right. The one thing in common they have is hope. Again, in healthcare, doctors and nurses will tell us that patients with hope would cope better with their illnesses. It is in the annals of medical journals and reports that those who have hope they cope better with their illnesses and they recover better too. See, we need hope. Hope is being human. So brothers and sisters, go and share the hope that you have in Christ. The hope that you know so well. The hope that is so certain and true because it is based on a loving God. Amen? So go and share the hope this Christmas. This is the best Christmas gift that you can give to those around you during this pandemic time. Yes, in this Christmas, share the hope that you have in Christ. Share the good news of the Advent and share the good news of the promised, fulfilled, the Savior is born. Christ is here, Emmanuel, God with us. And because God is with us, Shalom, peace comes upon earth and goodwill towards man. Amen. The Bible says this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. 
You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you, O God, as people rejoice at the harvest. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 3. A light has dawned. Amen? What wonderful news is this? What wonderful news Christmas is all about. Now, traditionally, Christmas Eve is celebrated with breaking of fast and corporate worship. And on Christmas Eve, and sometimes on Christmas Day, the white candle, which is in the middle of the Advent wreath, is lit. It symbolizes the light that comes upon us, as we read in Isaiah just now. It symbolizes the light of Christ that fills our hearts, our lives with joy and with peace. Now, Christmas is big business for shopping malls and for the F&B industry, a time of buying and exchanging gifts and the endless sumptuous buffet lines and the feasting available. But this pandemic in the past two years, in 2020 and 2021, had changed and affected quite a bit with the shopping mall and the F&B industry. Perhaps something good comes out of this after all. Perhaps it gives us a chance to redeem the meaning of Christmas. On Christmas Eve, as in tradition past, silent night, holy night. And even for non-believing people, who identify with our celebration. Many Chinese friends and neighbors will recognize that our Christmas Eve is called Ping On Ye, the night of peace. And truly so, God's Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, he is born, he is here with us. Perhaps the pandemic ushers a gift of grace for us, redeeming for us the holiness of Christmas, away from the many merrymaking and the eating and the commercialized dazzling marketing of shopping, a quieter Christmas, a family meal, reading the Christmas narrative together with our family. We light the Christ candle, the white candle, as a family, the light of Christ that fills every heart, every home. Yes, brothers and sisters, we can make it a tradition in our family with our children and grandchildren. And let us come together on Christmas Eve. Let us read the word of God together. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Won't you welcome Jesus into your heart? Now, God sent his son so that we can have a personal relationship with him. Now, Jesus' birth is real, not fake not a fable, not a myth, recorded in the Holy Scripture. 
and passed on to us. It was prophesied. It was fulfilled. Recorded in the annals of the Roman history. When Israel was a colony in the great Roman Empire, this was the time when Christ was born. And his birth and the census and the things that happened during Jesus' lifetime were attested as well as recorded by historians in the Roman history. And let it be recorded too in the book of life, as the Sami say, may our name be recorded there, that we belong to God, we belong to Christ. The light has come and the people rejoice in the light. Their joy increase, they rejoice in the Lord. Now we are thankful, we are thankful for friends and family members who join us for Christmas service. Well, do you know that this is not an accident that you are here, friends? If you are here with us at this Christmas service, it is because God loves you. And God's love in Christ draws you unto himself. Now, isn't that amazing? Yes. And he seeks the shepherds and the magi. And he seeks you out too. God reaches out to you as he did with the shepherds and the magi. If you feel in your heart an increasing joy of knowing God, of knowing Christ, come. Open your heart and welcome Christ in this Christmas. Yes, if you feel a warm, if you feel the joy, if you feel the conviction and in your heart, as you hear God's word now, do not decline God's gift. Yeah, do not decline God's gift. Come, I'll lead you to pray and to receive this gift. Come, let's pray. Yes, Almighty God, how amazing and awesome is your love. I can feel your love for me. And I know that Jesus Christ is the promised Savior. I receive your gift, O oh God. I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Lead me to know you more and to be known by you. I open my heart to Jesus Christ and I welcome him into my life. Thank you, O oh God, for loving me. Thank you for hope in this time of the pandemic. Thank you, God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. For friends who prayed the prayer with us, as I led you just now, we welcome you to the big family in Jesus Christ. We rejoice with you as you rejoice in the love, in the increasing joy and love in Christ Jesus. In summary, a quick review. The shepherds as eyewitnesses, they are the working class. They represent many of us, you, me, the mass. Although we weren't particularly looking for God, but God reached out to us 
in the most intimate and personal way. For the shepherds, God sent the angel and the heavenly host. For many of us, I think we can testify to that too, that God sent angels into our lives to point us to Christ. For me, it was Antivini, the angel that God sent. Although I am a third generation Christian, but it was Auntie Winnie who pointed and guided me to the intimacy of knowing Christ and be known by Christ personally. Just as the angel pointed the shepherds to the intimate encounter, to see the baby Jesus for themselves, and they found him wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in the manger. I believe these intimate encounters will continue on and on, for God is the one who reached out to us to bring us to Christ. What amazing love. The Magi as eyewitnesses, they are the learned, they are the trained people to read the stars and the signs. They have a natural inclination for the spiritual, to look for the divine, to look for God, to seek out truth. As it was then, it, as it was then, yes, it is now too, that Christianity attracts the intellectual, the learned, the thinkers. Throughout the ages, in the history of the church, you will find numerous influential thinkers, intellects, who are Christians. Our faith is not a blind faith, but it is based on the living God, the true God. And their experience is real, whether they are shepherds or they are magis. The birth of Jesus Christ announced and proclaimed by angels and heavenly hosts. Why? Because the birth of Christ is not concocted. It is not made up by man. It is divinely ordained and promised by the Creator God. It is the fulfillment of the promise of God. Now, Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was prophesied by Micah, who lived in the year 730 BC. Isaiah prophesied, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. That was a prophecy 800 years before Christ was born. Hosea, the prophet, prophesied, when Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son, pointing to Jesus, who had to seek refuge in Egypt. You see, in a dream, Joseph dreamt that he must bring his wife and his son into hiding because 
Herod was determined to kill all the baby boys that was born around that time. And so the birth of Christ, as we witness it in time and space, is the fulfillment from a loving God. There are two more eyewitnesses that I want to share with you. It is important for us to look at these two eyewitnesses as well, Simeon and Anna. Simeon. Simeon took Jesus into his arms and praised God and said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. It is important to note that both Simeon and Anna are in the temple. This is an important fact that we must note down. They represent the faithful remnant of Israel. They have faithfully waited on God's promise. They spent their life devoted to prayers and fasting, and they tarried in the temple. They waited in God's house. Both were waiting in the temple to receive, to welcome Emmanuel, the newborn king, Jesus Christ. So when Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to the temple, this is Simeon's excited confession. The sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people, Israel. Next, we look at Anna. Anna proclaims the redemption of Israel, an old woman of 84 years old. She never left the temple, a widow. She lived in the temple. She fasted, she prayed fervently. Now imagine her joy when she sees the newborn King Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. There are some details about Anna that are worthy of our attention. Anna, here Luke wrote, Anna is the daughter of Phanuel. Every word recorded in the Holy Scripture has its place and purpose. Phanuel in Hebrew means face of God. Anna is set aside representing the faithful remnant of Israel who would see the face of God. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. John chapter 14, verse 9. Now, Anna belongs to the tribe of Asher. And who is Asher? Asher is the son of Leah. When Leah gave birth to Asher, Leah praised God. And she said, blessed am I, for women have called me blessed. Asher means blessed. And indeed, Anna is blessed. Given the blessings, the gift of grace, to be the one to behold the face of the child, baby Jesus. Just as the name means, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel. Now, both Simeon and Anna representing the male and the female of the Adam and Eve race now completed the witness for the newborn king. 
and Simeon and Anna also represent for us that the godly people worship God in the house of God. Amen. So our response for today's message, because of God's love for us, God reached out to us. Always does. Like the shepherds minding their own business, God surprised them. God reached out to them. God revealed himself to them. Like the magi who seeks God, God rewarded them. They may be seeking in the wrong places or wrong direction, and yet God will point them by the star of Bethlehem and point them unto himself. Like Simeon and Anna, the godly shall worship God in the house of God. They are blessed, for they shall behold his face. Amen? Yes, glory to God in the highest. And we echo the pronouncement of the angel. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward man. This is the good news of Christmas for all, for all of us, for everyone. The hope of Christmas is for all, for everyone, young and old, men and women. The young who deserves a better society and world, where God is honored and worshiped. The youth who dream dreams, who seeks meaning and purpose, God loves you and God is with you and God is for you. The young families who are coping with career, family, church, God labors with you and God labors for you. He watches over you and your loved ones. For the elderly, a lifetime's journey that bears witness of a faithful, loving God. All this, my brothers and sisters, all this is God's goodwill towards man on whom his favor rests. Come, let us pray. The joy of Christmas, the hope of Christmas, is about Jesus Christ, the promised Savior, the light of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. And so with family and friends, with our children and our grandchildren, we celebrate your love for us in Christ. O God our Father, may you lift us up in his light that we walk well in Christ and point others unto him. May we share with others the hope we have in Christ, that others may receive this great gift. May your church shine in the love and light of Christ, the newborn King, and point others to the hope that we have in him. Hardship, pandemic, crisis, disasters, this come and go. But the steadfast love of God and His promise stand firm, unchanging. God who loves us, God who is with us, God who is for us. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to 
Wishing all brothers and sisters and track family and friends a blessed Christmas. God bless you. A blessed Christmas to all. God bless you. Hallelujah.